0: Hello and welcome to the Biz Here podcast. I'm Kyle Rand.
1: and I'm Karen Welch.
0: And who did you speak with for this episode of the podcast?
1: Uh, William and Patrick Ware dropped by. Uh-huh. Uh, Amarillo National Bank, mm-hmm. of course, um, they dropped by for a conversation about their economy watching. You know, every year uh, at the first of the year, they do a, a economic forecast mm-hmm. for how 2018 is might turn out. Uh, we waited a few weeks in and talked to them so that uh, they could. Uh, see how things were going, and talk really about the economic indicators and why and they the, use them.
0: And the the thing about this podcast is, they were in uh, just a, a bit back, and and now they have new titles.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, use yeah. William is
0: president and William Patrick is, president is, and is chairman
1: Patrick is... Uh, co-chairman. No, no. Uh, vice chairman. Vice chairman. It was there later you go. corrected. Okay. So. Uh,
0: they got any, new jobs. They, yes, yeah. they
1: got new. Well, they they moved up.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So, uh, in the family biz. Um, but but first, I guess we should talk a little business what's, before we go to yeah, their interviews. What's going on? Um, Marabella Apartments. Uh, it is a new, it's a senior living community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been permitted for construction. So, it's going up uh, uh, on West Amarillo Boulevard across from Lowe's. Okay. Uh so, out not, there, not in front of Lowe's, Tascosa but across Tasco's, yeah. across okay. Amarillo Boulevard from that. Okay. Kind of right in there behind the Craig okay. uh, retirement area. So, apparently, that's becoming a retirement uh, area. Mm hmm. Place well,
0: all kinds of development there.
1: Um, it's a three-acre property. The building they're going to build will be four stories. A company out of Lubbock called Stellar Development is uh, has announced it, and uh, the city building permit says the construction value of the project's about eleven and a half million dollars. Okay, um, they're going to be one and two bedroom units, a hundred, more than a hundred of them. 101 (laughs) so
0: that's over 100 yeah over
1: 100 (laughs) and it'll have uh, all kinds of amenities on the property from a community room and like a fitness center a business center uh, a movie center library um, all those sorts of things Uh, it is those apartments are going to be available to residents Fifty-five and older who earn up to 60% of the area media income. Okay. So uh, it's affordable housing. Okay. Um, And the project's been in the works since the late late 2016, according to what the developer has out about it.
0: Okay. So So. have you... In, in your years of, of reporting this, has something like this been built in Amarillo, or is this kind um, of a first?
1: Y- yes, it has been built in Amarillo. It has not necessarily been built in, in, as affordable housing okay. and targeted for a certain age okay. group. Okay. Um, but we have apartments like that um, in, in several locations across the city. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Um, that part is is not new, but the age, uh, and you know they're it's, looking like everybody else is at, right. the, at the demographics of of seniors and how that's
0: only going to grow. And we, we've seen affordable housing, but I, I find it interesting that this is targeted to those residents fifty five and older again with the the sixty percent of the area median income. That's serving a need. Right. Pretty cool stuff.
1: Right. So. Um, at, they're, the website says expect a b- groundbreaking this quarter. Okay, I know that uh, they've had um, they're they're already doing stuff on that site. So, okay. Uh. And um I guess the next thing is that Pinnacle Church at Arden Road and Coulter is mm-hmm. is growing. Okay. Um they've gotten a building permit for a new uh building on it's addressed on Coulter so right. it'll be on that portion of their property. They're right there on the corner. Okay. Um it's two story and nearly 23,000 square feet. So Nothing it's to sneeze at. Not yeah. small. Yeah. Um that's got a construction cost uh, or value of close to 2.7 million according okay. to what the city said. And uh, they had a groundbreaking um, on their calendar for earlier this month. Okay? Uh, Sonic. Sonic, if everybody like Sonic. loves Sonic sure. Okay. Um, th- they're going to put a new location in. Um, there's a building permit out for that for a con- uh, construction uh, at 8611 Hillside Road. Uh, so that's across hillside from Hillside Christian Churches. Okay, out there by Town Square campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Eight hundred thousand dollars for that construction project. It's yeah, a pricey sonic. Um, well, it it's uh, not cheap to sure. not cheap to develop and <laughs> and uh, everything. But um, yep. that's the city's formula, and that's what they predict that'll cost. Okay. Uh, we ran into one new thing here um, that I I worked up a little something on Uh, there's an old osteopathic hospital um, southwest 26th near Mm. Georgia it's uh, kind of across uh, twenty sixth from the back of the Market Street.
0: Right, you got Moss Body Shop over there, and Glass right. Doctor and the right Atomic Sports Lounge, I believe, is and, over there, and it's it's the the hospital that's been vacant forever. Uh, yes, okay. it
1: is. It has been sitting there, and some of the porticos, the the patio or the carpool mm-hmm. car shed kind of things yeah. have been falling down. Ooh. All sorts of things. Uh, it's been fenced off for a while, and um, it was the subject of a, of one attempt at redevelopment in recent years that didn't happen. Um, uh, it was going to be mini storage. Uh, one of the things in talking with some real estate folks over the years about that building was it was hard to redevelop it because it was so cut up with tiny rooms. Right. Um, and, and, you know. And those rooms didn't even have separate bathroom facilities. Right.
0: It's a specific um, use build, and right. that's, that's hard to so, retrofit.
1: So you pretty much would have to get, get rid of it and start over or do something. Um, this time, we don't know exactly what the new owner is going to do. The property changed hands at the first of the year. Okay. Or... Early in the year, and um, that uh, it's five acres um, once they are three and a half acres, excuse me. And once they get that building down, um, so it's coming then, down, it's... then they've already been in the process for having um a zoning change okay um that is in the middle of the process the ordinance has been read once and approved by the city council Okay, so it still needs to be read again and approved on a second vote for it to become become law but okay. then it would be a, a light commercial use which means um Stores, but not all stores, not mm-hmm. major, you know, can't be like a grocery store heavy traffic, right? Um, with lots of deliveries and Offices things like, and that. Stuff like that, but um, small retail, um, light commercial, maybe some automotive uses, okay. uh, which already are in the area, I was say
0: right across the street, so. right.
1: So, uh, we'll see what they, they have not submitted a site plan yet okay. to the city, so I don't know exactly what they're planning, but that's that's what we know right now,
0: okay very good so that that hospital that's it's kind of set there it's it's gone
1: yeah and <laughs> and you know that gives a much needed boost to some of the other things that are going on over there because uh georgia's been redeveloping for a while the new you know the newer happy state bank mm-hmm. um the 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 renovations done at the car wash there the toot and totem on the on the corner Um, some new offices on the other end of that block where the hospital is um, new offices and retail so uh, you know it's just another step to try to infill an area which is a focus that the city wants to new um, development in places where the water and sewer and utility extensions already exist uh, make sense for the city because it's not paying for new infrastructure
0: all right so um, lots going on nice to see dirt moving and in, yes. in the hospital coming yes. down on 26th exactly so as, as we talked about before i know i jumped the gun with the um the, the title changes as you will but um william and patrick were going to talk about the the economic forecast and what's right. going on so far
1: right exactly so
0: all right let's uh let's get to it you're listening to the biz here podcast
1: I'm here in the FM 90 production studios with Executive Vice President of Amarillo National Bank Times 2 uh, William Ware and Patrick Ware. Thank you for being here.
2: Thank you, Karen. It's an honor. Sure, sure excited to be here.
1: Well, um, you guys put out like the thing that everybody listens to at the first of the year. The, it's kind of the E.F. Hutton moment, but that's a, an old phrase that maybe not everybody will relate to anymore um i wanted to to wait a little while and see how the first of the year was starting as compared to your your economic forecast to kind of see you know how you adjust and and what all you do tell me what goes into putting this forecast together
2: well, we've been doing this for years, and it's it's become more of a tradition than uh, a science. And uh, we, we really do it because it's local information and it's timely, and um, we don't see a lot of people producing a lot of local economic information. Uh, one thing we will we will promise, we're not experts, and we always kind of joke that this is good for about five days, so <laughs> our, our forecast is already null and void. Uh, but um, around here, stability is, is a good thing, and we, we have seen stability. And, and that's what you'll, you'll see of that in our a lot of our uh, economic sectors that we go over today. So that'll kind of be our theme. But um, overall, we're, we're fairly uh, on where we think we'll be. I'll let Pat get into that a uh, little closer. But um, we think, you know, we're, we're going to be close for a few months and then it'll probably fall apart
3: as usual.
1: <laughs> Patrick, what all, what all do you follow to try to uh, make this picture well-rounded?
3: Well, it truly is well rounded, and the things we focus on are it's uh, a lot of information from our customers, a lot of information from the city, and some information from the state. The biggest drivers we look at every month, because it has the best comparison numbers, is the jobs number. And we look at two surveys, the employer survey and the household survey. And each gives you a a different indication of how the job market's doing. We used to have more confidence in the household survey, but now we're starting to look more at the employer survey for for guidance. And both those are put out by the state.
1: Okay, explain the difference. I mean, you can kind of tell in the names, but what do they measure
3: the the employers it's a survey just uh randomly sent out to to the largest employers in the state and they tell you they're hiring uh what they have been doing as far as hiring goes and their prospect prospects for the rest of the year the household survey goes towards individuals those sole proprietors who are out doing who are out working on their own collecting their own paychecks they're just not reporting to any major employer
1: okay okay because i noticed in the in the forecast there was a, a pretty big disparity this time or it seemed to be between the the numbers on on the uh on that i'm trying to find it in uh, uh, an increase of eight eighteen hundred jobs in 2017 by the household survey and the employer show, survey showed an increase of 2600 it's not a disparity as far as one negative and one positive but um is that just attributed to the individual it's the power of the individual rather than the company answering
3: Well, what yeah, what that shows is more uh, major employers hired in two thousand seventeen than people went out on their own and were working for themselves.
1: Okay, okay. So, commodities. uh, I mean, that's one of the top areas that that we study here. Um, How how much does that factor into the Amarillo economy, Texas Panhandle economy?
3: A giant amount. We are. uh, we are a commodity-based economy. We're lucky to have a lot of manufacturing and a strong health sector. But this area is very tied to commodities. So we'll continue to watch the price of cattle, the price of milk, and then our uh, ag commodities, cotton, wheat, corn.
1: What What do we think was happening at the end of 17 and uh, beginning of this year with regard to ag?
3: Drought. It's... Uh, Exactly. It's start. we're starting to get in the a scary position as far as moisture goes there's not much on the uh moisture horizon it looks like and that's just something we're going to focus on for the rest of the spring we got to get some snows we got to get some springtime rains to catch up where we left off i think it's the longest stretch of dry conditions this area has ever had
1: it's called one of the worst i mm-hmm. know um What are we seeing, I mean, and the other factor to that is some crops can be irrigated, um, but then that makes the price go up, correct?
2: well absolutely the input costs matter especially if if yields are low and we're seeing an interesting trend in the northern panhandle we're seeing more cotton planted than we ever have in fact the cotton gins up there are full they're building gins and spearmen where their their gin is full one of the
1: biggest in in the world and it's Hmm.
2: full and so who would have thought in an area that's predominantly corn you start seeing cotton, but it all has to do with water and rain. And it takes a little less water to grow cotton. There's good water up in the northern Panhandle. Price of cotton is the best it's been in years, so you're seeing a lot of people go to that. And so that'll be a, a shift in 2018.
1: Okay, um, and a, a good one for us to diversify and change that crop up some
2: absolutely Uh, with high high prices um, it can really boost a a lower yield in a in a drought condition and um, hopefully uh, help kind of cover any of these rougher years that these farmers have had there's been some carryovers the last few years because of drought because of low yields and low prices and um, you got to really get past that and and the, the, the bet is by planting cotton they'll have enough profit to get over those carryovers and have some profits for the year
1: Okay, and that's on the farming end, but what about ranching?
3: Ranching uh, is still tied to moisture. A lot of these uh, cattle ranchers will be out there, and they need grass to grow their cattle before they send them to the feed yard so that's something there feed yards they had their worst year ever in 2016 2017 they bounced back to around break even we're expecting more of the same and then dairies uh is an interesting story they've had a good run for about 10 years but their profit margins are being squeezed uh due to an oversupply in the market there's (laughs) a lot of milk out there
1: (laughs) there's a lot of milk out there uh so um oil and gas, I mean, I, I tend to think of things as commodities, and here we come with uh, the, with another one that's large in the panhandle. Um, we had the downturn in, in the oil market, uh, oil and gas. And so what's happening since then?
3: Well, I think what we got down to under 10 drilling rigs in the panhandle and the downturn, the downturn started in the summer of 2015. And then things didn't start picking up till about a year ago this time. And uh, the prices have rebounded, oil's back up strong. And then, of course, we look at natural gas more in this area. Right. So about two-thirds of our production in the panhandle are natural gas. So we watch that a little closer than the price of oil.
1: Are, are we seeing more production um, uh, in, in either category or...?
2: Absolutely. You're seeing a lot more production because of increased drilling. And as the prices come up, uh, there's more incentive to produce. We did have a fire in a collection center last year that really halted a lot of the shipments so pricing is lower because people are having to accept an alternate form of shipping gas Hmm. and um, but they're still getting a reasonable price but as that uh, plant comes back online hopefully uh, first second quarter this year then uh, the we will get a lot better price for natural gas but um, anyone with gas and oil had a good year because production is up and drilling is up
1: okay okay So where do we go next? What um, retail sales and and online competition is that? um, I I think of that because I think the city relies so heavily on sales tax uh, for its revenues. And yet the more that number is in question due to Amazon and other competitors, uh, the more I worry about it. So what do we got here?
3: That's the story is we're seeing a lot more sales shifting onto the online side of things. We don't think the entire blame is due to Amazon. What we've seen over the last four or five years is very stable prices, not a lot of inflation. And a lot of times that'll help carry an increase in retail sales. And so while we will continue to push the buy local, buy local, we, uh, we haven't seen any inflation and we're starting to expect a little more inflation for the next couple of years. So hopefully that'll give a boost to retail sales one number in there that that is down are car sales and in the fourth quarter
2: uh car sales fell off uh due to people um really used car prices have held strong so there was incentive to stay in the used car they were a little more expensive to buy that was due to the hurricanes and that kept used car prices up also um people uh, have a tend to spend a little less in the fourth quarter. You should see that pick up here in the first quarter, and that that should help. But car sales are a big component of our retail sales, and since that was down, that, that hurt it. But, but Pat made a point about Amazon. You know, it, it didn't come last year. Amazon's been here a <laughs> long time. And I think people are always going to shop local, and I, I do think they like shopping local, but it is becoming more and more convenient. And I think people, taxing entities, need to realize that um, – you know, it's they can't be as dependent on sales tax because of online shopping. We've got to look for for other ways.
1: Right. You you mentioned the hurricanes, and uh, I think people don't. You know, they expect that a hurricane affected economies. You know, down on the coast, but they they don't really think about how it factors into um, the economy way up here. Uh, is car sales? Uh, are there other things that you can think of that? that have changed or been impacted by the hurricane?
2: Tourism was definitely impacted by the hurricane. We we saw hotel-motel taxes down because people couldn't get down to conventions and business down in the hurricane. And so that was a definite hit in the fourth quarter in Amarillo. And hopefully we'll see some rebound because Houston's finally getting back online. We're hearing stories people just now moving back into their offices. So, yes, remember, tourism's a big leg of our economic stool, and um, and those hotel-motel taxes are very important to a lot of things in the city, and that was down in the fourth quarter because of it.
0: And
3: watch, uh, one thing we don't measure in our pulse, but uh, watch charity and donation giving. Um, A lot of, you know, you can always count on Texans to always rally around those hit hardest, and a lot of donations and charity monies that usually go local went down to the hurricane-affected areas. Mm -hmm. I I mean, our our heart went out to the United Way campaign. The week they started their campaign, the largest hurricane ever hit Texas. Yeah. Yeah kind yeah. of redirected some of the goodwill and texans hearts downstate and it's it's something we'll need to consider looking yeah. back at nonprofit giving this year
1: it's it's nice to see that people support those but but when they only have so many dollars to give and they've used them on other mm-hmm. uh, needs mm-hmm. uh, then it becomes a difficulty so uh one other thing we haven't talked about is real estate um and so where do you see real estate, where was it at the end of 2017, where is it going? Uh,
3: as far as just overall, construction slowed down at the end of 2017, and we continue to see that last month. Housing is pretty stable. Interest rates have gone up over the last month. Uh, we, can, we think that's going to be a factor and probably a slowdown in housing, not so many sales. 2016, while a bad year for commodities, it was a record year for Amarillo Housing and 2017 stays strong so a little fall off there is not going to be devastating it's something we're expecting because of these higher interest rates and a slowdown in construction.
1: Yeah, it's also hard to compare a year to a to a year that was a really really good year and mm-hmm. and it always looks down.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We will see commercial construction uh, pr- bolstered by downtown projects in the medical center mm-hmm. and so um, if, if it weren't for those two it probably would have been down in 2018 but we're in fact i think there's a groundbreaking this week of the downtown ballpark and of course medical center continues to grow and so those are two bright spots
1: right right um and real estate the other thing you noted in the real estate was that uh, the population growth was not you know we were not growing um where do you see that, and, and what do you attribute that to?
2: Well, it, uh, jobs is the biggest driver of our growth, and we're a big enough city where we can sustain our size, we can kind of maintain, but if we don't bring in large employers and attract uh, employers, and if our local businesses don't grow, then our city's not going to necessarily grow. And that's why we point out steady a good thing around here, but if we could get Uh, manufacturers like Bell to come to Amarillo or supply chain to Bell. Uh, If Bell could land the V280 contract, those are things that help a city grow. We are, Amarillo is bright star is manufacturing. We have a highly skilled workforce, incredible training at local universities, at local colleges, and local trade schools. And so this, Amarillo is the place to build highly sophisticated things. And if we could see growth in that sector, the manufacturing sector, then you see the city truly grow and uh unemployment is as low as it's ever been and it is tough to find a job around here it. it's we're in a strange position
1: i know uh, you get to where you got the underemployment you've got uh, in in underemployment is a little bit different but people trying to find anything because they're not um you know what what's out there for them is yep. uh, not as much um do you do you see the city and, and the economic development efforts headed in the right direction or
3: I think so. As long as we uh, stay focused on those primary industrial jobs that our ADC has been charged to create, uh, I think that's the right target, our right sweet spot, and something uh, our workforce, our location in the country, uh, we're all suited really well for. And if it's something we want to do, we want to take on the harder projects. And, Karen, the stars are aligned right now with our local leadership and local
2: businesses all working together to attract employers and to attract jobs. Everybody's talking jobs. They're talking about how do we make Amarillo attractive for young people. This is a great – we're in Texas. We're low taxes, no state income taxes, low cost of living, uh, no commutes. We have a lot of great reasons to live here. And it's neat to see leadership at all levels from local high schools colleges, and universities, and local government, including our Economic Development Corp., all working towards the same goal of making Amarillo more attractive and doing a fantastic job of marketing Amarillo.
1: I think you've been involved in in efforts just at, at some level on getting more flights to the airport and things like that.
2: Absolutely. As chair of the Chamber of Commerce this year, one of the chamber's main focuses is to, to increase airline boardings. And we've got new leadership at the airport. The airport is also working with a great uh, group uh, that's helping us expand the airport's role and to remind people how important our airport is. Uh, the airport just landed a new route to Phoenix and yes. that's huge. Uh, we've been wanting that for years and finally <laughs> something to go west uh,
0: right. that
2: was in Las Vegas. And this is great for everybody. And the more airline routes we can have, the stronger our economy is going to be. Commercial air service is vital to a vibrant economy. So So we're pleased to see the direction the airport is going. They're already working on another route. I can't tell you where it is because it's in the discussion phase, but I'm pleased with the way the Chamber's working with the city and the airport leadership to help uh, develop that route and get businesses involved in the process because it takes everyone uh, to get these routes.
1: Now, the Phoenix uh, flights are kind of a use it or lose it. You have a grant for a couple of years, uh, air service development grant to the airport yep. to, to help uh, pay for and or subsidize and market those. It's essentially
2: a, a subsidy, and, and that's, a, that's a tough, tough way to look at it. I, I, I know people will realize the benefits and if yes. we can show good um, occupancy on those seats, if we can show that they're filling the seats, then that, that carrier will want to stay here and we'll, we'll have to really support them less uh, kind of per seat going forward. And, and it's just, we need to prove that we need them by filling right. those seats. Right. So it's important to have, and I think people will realize how great it is when it hits at it, it, the first flights in April mm-hmm. and we have a flight out in the morning and back in the afternoon. And so, um, yeah, it's um, one way to get routes is to just kind of subsidize them. But if you can prove to these carriers that you're filling your seats, then when the period of subsidy is over, then you won't have to renew that.
1: Right. Uh, is that the same sort of ca- of carrot that's going to have to be um, dangled for other airlines and n- other destinations? Not
2: necessarily. There's another format called a uh, – it's called a, uh, uh, a bank of sorts, and they're going to try to – get businesses together to kind of just promise seats, and you can use seats on that uh, in the in the bank. Um, that's another incentive, so you don't have to necessarily subsidize the airline. But I know b- local businesses don't want to just have to pay for these routes, so we've got to also prove the need. If we can right. prove our numbers to these airlines, we might not even have to subsidize a route. So there's, there's three or four different ways to attract these airlines, and it's not always uh, having to pay for them. I, I, I think we shouldn't have to pay for and we should be able to prove demand and so you don't want to, to pay for all of them
1: right yep. well patrick there's so many external factors that we um that we need that things that we can't do anything about in the economy like rain um but uh how what what ways can we do something
3: i think we just uh fall back on this unbelievable work ethic of people from our area. We have a strong farming and ranching heritage, and I think the people who grow up in those kind of environments are good at solving problems. They understand the ups and downs of cyclical businesses. They understand the hardships, and they understand how to get through them. So it, 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 it says more about the character of the people and the Amarillo and the Panhandle than, uh, than anything. That uh, when we do have droughts, when we do have economic slowdowns, when we do have commodity busts, we're going to get through it because things always tend to come back as long as we keep that confidence up.
1: And the uh, bright-shining portion of this forecast and in, in this year?
3: Oh, that, is, did we really just go bright-shining? We Is we, there... We, we, we,
2: we, we think jobs... There's the light, guys. Uh, of course,
3: <laughs> you know, uh, if jobs will hold steady, um,
2: that's going to be our bright spot. And, and
3: the entire conversation amongst our customers and amongst uh, banks we talk to throughout the country, the entire mood has changed. Okay. There's a lot more optimism out there. Uh, while uh, we don't want to get into politics too much, this administration seems to be very business friendly. Mm-hmm. And we're in the business of business. So the things we are hearing from... Uh, our customers, our competitors, our correspondents, things are really set up well now for our city, our area, and our country to grow with the government placing less regulations on on businesses.
1: Okay. Guys, thanks for your time. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Biz Here is recorded in the FM90 studios on the Washington Street campus of Amarillo College. Support for the podcast is provided by Amarillo National Bank. Thanks for listening. All right, Karen, who's next on the Busier podcast?
1: Patrick Burns of Palace Coffee. Ah, uh, we've, he, had all,
0: we've, yes. we've all been to Palace.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I missed my fix today, come yeah. to think of it. Uh, yep. What he is coming back for. Sorry? You, maybe, <laughs> Mr. Fix. Um, he's coming into the studio or came into the studio to talk about a recent trip to Guatemala. Okay. Coffee hunting.
0: Hunting? How do you hunt coffee?
1: Uh, he's got stories.
0: Okay. Well... That'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. It involves cupping.
1: It does involve cupping, which is another thing he will describe. Okay. So that, so that uh, th- there's a very specific, it's like tasting wine. Okay.
0: But so. but wait, there's more. Yes. All right. For more content, visit panhandlepbs.org and be sure to follow us on social media. Together, let's amplify Amarillo and turn up the Texas Panhandle.